everybody. Welcome again to the Tradescast. It's a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. My name is Jeff Fav. And I'm Tom Moss, and this is the Tradescast for the week of October 23rd. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing great. Um, I think everyone, um, maybe except for Donald Trump, is ready for this uh, election to be over. <laughs> I think even he might be ready for this to be over. It is true. I saw a speech... I think I saw a speech for him yesterday, and he, I've never seen him be more kind of resigned. He kind of just said, whatever. So I guess you are, but everyone may be there. Um, But having said that, the ratings for the third debate were massive. I Usually there's a large drop-off by the third debate. Are you surprised at how big the numbers were? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I mean, I think this is, I mean, it's turned into a reality TV show. I mean, remember when the movie network just seemed like a farce and, 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 a, and, and a comedy. Um, but we're here, we are here. And, um, I think a lot of people, uh, tuned in not for the, uh, you know, robust analysis of policy that, uh, you know, of course we were, we were treated to, um, but the, uh, the give and take of a real, reality TV show, which is exactly what we got. You know, we don't normally talk about this, but do you think all of this um, insanity leads to a bigger voter turnout or a smaller voter turnout? Or is it just always going to be about the same? <laughs> I think I think this is an anomaly. Uh, I think in a normal uh, election, where, when it gets really negative, I think that that might lead to lower voter turnout. Um, but I think this, I, I think, um, you know, both, both bases are extremely, um, engaged and activated. I don't, I don't think we'll have a problem with turnout this year. It should be really, really fascinating. Um, and we'll see how many, uh, armed guards show up to make sure nothing's rigged. It's going to be kind of fascinating. Um, <laughs> I don't, I will be very surprised except in isolated incidents that you see anybody turn up to watch a poll, quite frankly. Yes. Um, I hope you're right. Hope just the actual, let's call them, um, planned people go to watch it. Um, <laughs> well, the Russians, no one, of course, no want to come and watch. Donald Trump that there's usually at least six people overseeing every polling place. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So Trump, of course, everyone always believes that the long game has never been to be president. But the long game, first people thought, of course, it was uh, to help Hillary Clinton win. Then the <laughs> the second one, though, is Clinton's going, I mean, uh, Trump's going to have his own network. He's got right. this pal now who apparently needs a job. He used to, I, I looked at his resume, he apparently did something at Fox for a while. <laughs> um, and he has this other friend who has some kind of, um, it's kind of a new website. It's kind of a conservative website. I hear that it's all the rage these days. So um, do you think this is a real deal? You know, I I do. I think that the well, let me let me say I I think um I think it's documented in the uh in the media, if, of course, if you can trust any journalist anywhere, right? Yeah, we're uh, terrible. That, <laughs> that uh Jared Kushner, um who is Trump's son-in-law, has been in conversations with various people about the um the starting a new network. So, yes, I do think at least it is a um nascent concept in the Trump camp. But what I don't understand, Jeff, and what I don't fully fully understand or appreciate is how difficult it will be to start a, um, a, a, a TV network, assuming he does it from scratch. I mean, he could, you know, there's several ways he could do it. He could start it from scratch, 
from the ground up, uh, or he could buy an existing channel and then you know work into the the networks with the the providers from from that. Um, so Oprah, I believe, started her own network from the ground up. Am I right about that? Um, well, yes and no. She started it with a uh, no. I mean, I guess the answer okay. is no. She, uh, she basically she was taking a network that was going away and, okay. and got a lot of money from um, the discovery people and um, and the kind of and then they made a new network. So I mean, it's so, going to be yes and no. So it's so it's it. I mean, that's that's more than like uh, like what Al Gore did with with a uh, current TV. He bought or he bought uh, uh, an existing network, I believe. I yeah, he just bought it. Was. That's correct. But you know, I we Oprah probably never would have done it except she had so much money being given to her um, for doing it. You know, a hundred million dollars right. just injected into the the system. Um, with, uh, so what would Trump do? What would Trump do if he's going to put Trump TV on the air tomorrow? What's that going to look like? You know what I think it's going to look like, and I think this is what the thing that we're not talking about just yet. I mean, we are talking about it right now, but it's not going to look like a network. It's going to be an online site entirely. So that's, that's the other model, like Glenn Beck, yeah, like Blaze T- Blaze dot com or Glenn Beck, as near as we know, is making a lot of money doing this, um, and. I think this is what Trump will do because these days, I mean, Oprah, it it looks like she turned a corner kind of, it looks like, um, but why, why spend so much money? Why fight so hard to get on the dial on a, on a dish or a direct TV or, or time Warner cable package, um, when you don't even need to anymore, you know, you have a really great app. You have a really strong uh, presence on Facebook. You have this, um, you know, URL. What else do you need? That's um, that's that's really interesting. Then, so the next question: Let's assume that he at least starts online, um, you know, and then you could you could find a an outlet on the cable box for you know as a secondary thought. But let's just assume that he starts online. Will it be a subscription service, or will he seek advertisers? The the bigger money maker is a subscription service. The easier model is advertising. Um, will it be easier for Trump though? Is he going to? I mean, will the major car companies advertise with Trump? Will you know um, Procter and Gamble advertise with Trump? That's a good question. Um, somebody will. Advertise with them, but yes. Well, the sell sell your gold will uh, will of advertise course with Trump, they will. but of course they will. And survival people and gun owner gun manufacturers, um, those kind of. Things. But is that is that sustaining? Well, here's the problem. Every time we see one of these subscriber bases, it's really tricky. You know, um, I, I tend to think if he has a lot of overlap with that with the wrestling people. <laughs> Right, right. And as you recall, the, the wrestling one didn't work too well, did it? So it has a huge, I mean, huge uh, fan base, wrestling does. Right. But not a fan base that is willing, or at least was willing, to subscribe. Right. But look, don't you think that Breitbart is a money maker? I don't know. I assume so. Right. If Breitbart is a money maker, why can't? Trump TV be a money maker. I mean, even what in whatever format that it takes. Uh, I mean, if 
it's I expect them to be very, very similar um, in their delivery. Well, the the difference would be, Jeff, in programming. So a Trump TV, unlike a Breitbart, is going to need 24 hours, let's say even 12 hours, let's say they repeat um, 12 hours of programming, and they're going to have to pay Rudy Giuliani, they're going to have to pay Newt Gingrich, and they're going to have to pay General Flynn or Major Flynn or whatever his name is, right? So where's that money going to come from? Again, let's pretend it's not going to be, quote, a network. Let's just pretend it's going to be the new Huffington Post or the new Breitbart. Where there but will, it, so it's, remember now, Huffington Post never started with, with a video, and now they've got a whole a little studio where they are constantly on doing video segments. You know, they do... Hmm? Not with name, not with names, though, no. right? I mean, they don't need so, a name; they have one. <laughs> so you think that uh, let's just say Giuliani, for instance, who's well, whatever. Uh, so is he going to stick around and be on Trump TV for scale? I think that some of them will just show up and do segments, the way anyone goes on MSNBC and Fox News and does a segment. As long as Trump is still spewing things out, and as long as he's still got 30 or 40 million people who love everything he says, then why can't he do that? I mean, I'm, I, you are correct. He can't pay a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of money. Um, although He doesn't need to. He doesn't. I don't think he needs to. Yeah, good I point. I really don't. Um, so we had a, a sample of what that would look like on um, the uh the after the debate on the you um, think? Face, Facebook page, um, you know, I, I, it's a, it's, um, you know, what I think, I guess, is beside the point. I mean, I think it will appeal to a, a huge number of 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 his supporters. Um, I don't, I don't know how, I just don't know how sustainable it will be. But again, I take your point. The quality of the broadcast and the the quality of the um, the, uh, the 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 presenters. Um, has already been proven to be beside the point. So that's that's I hadn't considered that. Yes, um, there's a Looney Tune who does radio and video who thinks that everything is a conspiracy and that um, that uh, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama are actually Satan, um, and he gets a lot of viewers. So <laughs> right. so Trump could do that too. I think that there's real money to be had here, but we're we're gonna have to see if that happens. Let me ask one more one more question. Is there any is there any hope for civilization, Jeff? I mean, if if uh, if Trump TV do, goes and takes off, um, is there any chance that the I don't want to put it in binaries, but let's for the sake of argument that the other side that the the the, 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 the white hat version of Trump TV is there any hope that that would ever exist and and gain traction? I think back to the 2000 to the to that that uh, debate and uh, and how America uh, or um, Air America attempted to step into that role as a counter to conservative talk radio and failed abysmally um, is it just that the liberal the progressive are the side of America isn't engaged or isn't likely or interested in in that kind of a product or has it just never been done very well no they are they just aren't as interested they're more than happy to go to npr or msnbc um or the bbc and get some news you've got to be really really angry um and feeling victimized most of the time for this to work so unless you meet that criteria 
Um, what I wish is it just wasn't a need for people to feel angry and victimized, but I don't think that's going to happen. So um, now we've been talking about networks, and speaking of which, we talk about this all the time. Fewer and fewer companies, and the companies that don't have content have to have content in this world of broadcasting. We talked about it a year ago with um, Comcast and Time Warner and, and how what a scary major, major merger that would have been. Uh, and it was the kibosh was put on it. But here I, I said, you know, there's going to be more. We, I mean, I don't have to be a genius to know this, right? But now here we go. AT&T. Is this really, really going to happen? Um, everyone's acting like it's a done deal. Um, do you think that AT&T and Time Warner merger is a good thing? Do you think it is going to actually happen? We're talking about $85 billion here. You know, I think I don't know to answer your question. I think I think the timing of this is um, interesting, and it seems to have, have sort of been you know trying to rush through. Do you think that there is an interest in getting this done before the election, or at least getting out there before the election? There's no way that it would happen, of course, before the election. The timing was cra- the timing was a little weird. The timing of a few things that have been happening this month are a little weird. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know if that was necessarily specific to the election but uh, i mean let's go back to the basics at&t wants this because they need they need more content they need content time warner is massive for content um it's got some huge jewels in its treasure chest um again good or bad for uh, the viewing public because that's what we care about is the public um, good or bad well, well, for the public? Bad. I mean, without without question, it's bad for the for the public. I mean, the more providers that are that are available, um, the more diversity of content, the better for um, the better for the public. Uh, I mean, this is great for stockholders and 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 maybe good for the. Well, I don't know. I even I don't even know if it's good for the industry. I mean, this 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 closes out a lot of players, and it's AT and T and Verizon, right? Um, is that right? Or no, no, it's AT and T and Time Warner. Okay. Yeah, ATT is going to buy Time Warner. Time Warner, of course, owns uh, HBO and and Warner, and of course, so it's massive. Um, it's a huge, huge deal. Um, and uh, and we know why ATT wants this, but what you said, I think, is true. Again, I've been saying this for a while, and and everyone in the industry already knows it, but most people, regular people, just aren't paying attention. We're close to having about three companies offer all of your delivery. And then if those three companies own all of the major content, you know, except for Netflix, um, where are you? It gets a little weird. And everyone is nervous that if you own a lot of the content, enough of it, then you can say, hey, our delivery system isn't going to give you that other content. And how are you going to get it? You know what I mean? This isn't like cutting your cable cord. This is different. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you said ne- except for Netflix, but except for Netflix and um, to some degree Hulu and to you know a lesser extent Amazon and certainly YouTube and I mean there are other ways to get content. Yeah, and so there are. I but, mean, but wait for it. You know, understand? You I mean we know YouTube? I mean, YouTube is owned by by Google. Right, 
But All I'm right. saying just wait a few more years because we're, we're, the um, the Highlander Endgame hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Where they all kill each other. Um, well, what is what? Okay, so what? What is what, what? Should we be afraid of as the the public in terms of how this rolls out in the next five years? Let's assume that it does go down to like the like the the auto industry. I mean, is that a is that a a, a, a correlative? Right. The um the the media consolidates into three companies or even two companies. Although I don't know if that would happen. What does that mean for us? It means you either it could be it could be as simple as let's just take Netflix out for a second. Everyone says, "Hey, did you watch? Uh, you know, did did you watch the Blacklist?" I'm just throwing something out there. Did you watch the Blacklist? Oh no, I have AT and T. Like, mm. do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it would it would be like for a while when you had Sirius and XM when they were different companies. You could. Do you listen to baseball on the radio? No, I have. I have serious. I listen to football. Um, you couldn't do both, and so the the fear is, you know, if your delivery system won't offer you other things, you know, I don't know if you know this. The obviously the Cubs are going to be in the World Series, and the ratings, by the way, not enormous, but much bigger than other um, series. Um, but the Dodger fans. Have all have been in a quandary for the last few years in Los Angeles because almost no one in Los Angeles can see a Dodgers game. The only way they see a Dodgers game is if they have um, is if, if they have the baseball package. Um, that's it because the cable company that owns it, Dime Warner, almost nobody in LA has. So, do you see the problem? If you don't have the delivery system, how can you get the content that you maybe want? But isn't that an argument for consolidation? That um, you know, Sirius and XM consolidated, and therefore everybody can have everything all at once. Sure, if AT and T buys, let's say, everything, <laughs> then you can have everything as long as you pay whatever they tell you they're going to charge. And believe me, if one day AT and T or let's just pick any company owned everything, how much do you think you're going to pay? So what is the? Um, I told you, I know what the answer is. Wi-Fi has got to be free everywhere in the country. Well, that's and that that maybe leads to my next question. So, so what is the role of government regulation of the FCC in this? Um, do we move to a, a a more regulated landscape where these kinds of deals are more difficult, or a less regulated landscape where it's laissez-faire? Um, and this, I guess, does depend on what happens in the next couple of weeks. But let's just assume, for the sake of argument that it's a Clinton presidency and Clinton picks. What does that mean? By the way, Trump is against this merger, just so you know. Trump well, is, even, a cl- even a clock is right twice a day. Right? There you go. Um, I, I think the FCC should be very wary of these. This is, his, this is the FCC's job, and they shouldn't let mergers like this continue to happen, but they have been letting them happen. Um, and at some point, it, there's going to be enough backlash, I think, um, because they're letting too much of this stuff go through. I, we all knew that when they stopped that Comcast one last year, that that wasn't the end of this. Um, and unless they're going to be really hard line, this is just going to keep happening. I mean, I know it's a we'll wait and see, but we're seeing it. So here it is. So right, right. Um, I just wanted to uh, quickly talk a little bit about um, overseas markets for a second. Um, you know, Jack Reacher came out this weekend and, um, 
I think a lot of people thought, I didn't see that first Jack Reacher movie. Why, why did they make another one? Well, the answer was pretty simple. They needed to make a certain amount of money to make the second one, and they did not make it domestically, but they did make it um, overseas. And they made a huge amount overseas. Um, the second one did not do great here again, opening weekend. It was beat out by Medea. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Tyler Berry is the most sure money maker in America. Um, and uh, But Jack Reacher should do well overseas. Tom Cruise is part of a list of about 10 people. Um, some are obvious. Angelina Jolie is one. Brad Pitt is one. Johnny Depp is one. Some are less obvious. John Cusack, um, Nicolas Cage, uh, Halle Berry. There's some weird ones um, that are really big overseas. Um, and so it's really fascinating. Do you think that Tom Cruise may have reached this point now where, like Sylvester Stallone too, where their their movie choices are simply going to be dictated on what they think the overseas market is going to like. Isn't that strange? It is strange, but I guess it makes I mean, it makes fiduciary exp- uh, sense to be sure. Um, you know, I've, I've said this before, Jeff. Too, I think we're really the the the, the industry is really splitting into several different camps with different ob- objectives. So, uh, you know, this is one way to, to make a, a, a movie, make product with one objective in mind. Um, I think, you know, we're seeing more and more the serious-minded, um, you know, artiste crowd is, is looking to different venues like Netflix and Amazon and, and others, um, where we just don't see the, the box office as a place where necessarily where, where um, the, the artists, the artisans, um, you know, aim, aim for. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I think this makes complete sense. What do you think? I think it's really happening. China now is making big budget movies that, um, can make enough money where even if it doesn't do well in the United States, it doesn't matter. Um, just like, uh, uh, Hollywood can make a movie that does 80% of its business overseas and make money. I think we're actually at a point now where it's possible that someone of Tom Cruise's stature, um, you know, not what it was 10 years ago, but not nothing, could make a movie that barely gets released in America and is, quote, a financial hit, which is just so weird to think about. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise just making a movie that was just made for China. But I think it can totally happen. Um, yeah, interesting, yeah. The I think market is too. really changing. And just as a closer... Um, most people have still not been to a 4D or 4DX theater, unless you've been to Disney. They have versions of that at Disneyland and Disney World. But Los Angeles has some, and there are they are expanding. Um, the, the major company that makes them is expanding them um, in, in markets all around the world. And I'm wondering if you think that, and along with some of the um, kind of high-end movie theaters, that if 10 years from now that the regular movie theater will be kind of a, a lost um, vehicle. And everything's either going to be really high-end, you know, like Lazy Boys and food and wine, um, or the 4X experience where your, your, your chair shakes and there's even smells and all kinds of crazy things. Do you think that's going to be the norm 10 years from now? Um, a year ago, I would have said no, that that's, uh, this is just a gimmick. And uh, like 3D and all the times that we've tried to roll out 3D, it's never really stuck. But I mean, I think this goes back to our, our just our previous conversation. So as the the box office as as theaters become home to a different 
kind of movie aimed at a different kind of people, not different, but a, you know, a, a more niche crowd where, um, you know, they would, they would like to be rocked and vibrated and sprayed and perfumed, um, <laughs> while watching a movie. I mean, that may not be a, a gimmick that may stick. I think, I still think it's unlikely, but I can see a path to that. Now, your other question about food and, and, uh, and, and comfy chairs. I mean, I think that's definitely, definitely happening. Uh, if, the, if, uh, we're ever going to see, um, 50 year olds going out to the theater again, it's going to be for, um, uh, for, for that kind of experience, speaking as a 50 plus year old. <laughs> well, um, it is definitely a changing market. All these markets are changing and they're changing a lot faster than they used to. So we will, uh, We'll keep our eye on it. Um, when we come back um, in a couple of weeks, Tom, it'll be election time. So we'll be looking at how we think everyone's going to be covering the election, whether or not we'll be experiencing the last weekend on Earth for um, all of its citizens. Um, and uh, we'll be looking at some of the um, some of the fall movies as we're finally getting into the uh, uh, holiday season and we're getting into the award season. We'll be checking those things out and everything else in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So for Tom, I'm Jeff. Have a great day.